Welcome back to Caracast, the podcast from Kerasoft, the trusted government IT solutions provider. Subscribe to get the latest technology updates in the public sector. I'm Anthony Jimenez, your host from the Kerasoft production team. On behalf of GovExec and Kerasoft, we would like to welcome you to today's podcast focused around FedRAMP. Join us as we delve into the pivotal role of digital signatures, content security, and authenticity in thwarting fraudulent documents and deepfakes leveraging FedRAMP-authorized Adobe solutions. My name is Jonathan Bennett. I'm Chief of Global Government Solutions at Adobe, and I've had the joy and privilege of serving the federal IT community, state and local as well, for the past 25 years. And I have a passion for public service. I've had an opportunity to serve in federal government for over a decade and really do some really cool things and deliver some neat uh, really mission delivery innovation to help real people in need. So I'm, I'm just really excited. And I appreciate everyone here who supports federal government, state and local government, uh, and has a passion for public service. So digital transformation is a, clearly a hot topic. And we're talking about today, at the end of the day, as Maria said earlier, we used to do this on our own. You know, Each agency was kind of going about their own thing. But at the end of the day, why are we talking about accelerating security and controls and SaaS solutions, it's about digital transformation. It's about enabling the transition from paper to digital and enabling the mission delivery uh, more efficiently with a better experience. Digital transformation may be hot and it may be a new topic, right? But it's not new to Adobe for 40 years We've been an innovation leader since we developed and implemented PostScript back in the early 80s as a way to revolutionize digital publishing uh, on your desktop. Before that, there was no common standards for fonts and things like that. So we've been doing this for 40 years, but we've also been supporting government since 1992 when we helped the IRS digitize their tax forms and create a printable and uh, a way that you could fill it out and print it and submit those documents electronically. Part of that, you used to have to go to the post post office or to the library, not everyone remembers those days. So we've been partnering with government on some really cool innovative solutions like the U.S. Census Bureau. In 2020, we launched the very first uh, digital census and was really a great partner to uh, help enable that. I want to talk a little bit about trust today, though. That's, you know, we're here today. It's a FedRAMP conference. We're all kind of digging into, you know, but at the end of the day, what is it all about? It's about trust. And it's about accelerating the adoption of trusted solutions more efficiently in government. So I'm sure all of you read the December 2022 update to the FedRAMP Authorization Act, but there's a clause in there that's really important, and it's presumption of adequacy. And what does that mean? In essence, it means that we can help accelerate the adoption without having a tail along legacy system controls to get things uh, integrated and, and move along ATOs so we can do more with SaaS-based solutions in government. Essentially, it's your FastPass, like Disney's FastPass for your, your SaaS-based applications. Adobe's proud to have eight solutions that are FedRAMP authorized. We've been an early adopter, we've been all in, and uh, we look forward to partnering with agencies and partners um, to leverage our solutions and continue to move up that scale of maturity around our FedRAMP authorized uh, solutions. Quick show of hands, though, while I got this slide up. When you think of Adobe, what do you think of? I mean, you know, this is late and no end of the day. This is risky. But when, when you think of Adobe, do you think about the PDF company? Yep, Acrobat PDF. Um, maybe you have somebody in your family or a friend that's a creative, and they do digital design in your work. Or so Photoshop, Lightroom, so Creative Cloud. Certainly people know about the Creative Cloud. Uh, what about an enterprise digital signature solution? Do you know we do that? Okay, cool, that's good. Actually, I love, there are actually more lively hands in the, in, the, in the room than I thought today. But you didn't know, though, that we power two-thirds 
of the digital experience platforms for the Fortune 500 companies and the brands that you interact with every single day, Marriott, Nike, Under Armour, Amazon, I mean, all of these things behind that platform and that website experience and that personalized experience helps you navigate the next best channel and um, some of those digital forms and signatures is Adobe uh, powering that technology. They just don't put that on the front page. So just a fun fact for the day here. Today I want to talk about trust and I want to talk about digital content as a trust ambassador. Right? We often don't think about, we've revolutionized the way we've moved forward in paper to digital transition uh, with a lot of help from uh, you know, agencies doing a lot of hard work and partners like yourselves and also some legislation like the 21st Century Integrated Digital Experience Act. But we don't think about how is digital content and, and, and the importance of trust in, the, in what you receive in digital content. This picture right here is of uh, a document that was published by the government publishing office in GPO. And you'll see around the top there's a blue seal. And what that means is you can trust that what the GPO published for the budget or whatever, you know, this, this, this HR document is, is indeed what was intended to be published and hasn't, the seal hasn't been broken. There hasn't been tampered with, it hasn't been edited, and so you can trust that content with that blue seal in there. These are kind of a couple steps in terms of other areas you might not think about in digital trust and, and content level security. First is sanitizing you know, documents. Through Acrobat and through PDF, I'm glad you guys do know that we are the Acrobat company, you can, with your license today, go in and, and do redaction and do hit, remove hidden data and comments and author attributions. And you know, we, we live in a world, you should never have one of these, oh, we put a black strip on it, we thought it was fine, but oh, well, you know, we found out years later that someone was able to identify something. Uh, we can help you uh, do the right thing and uh, sanitize documents the right way. Content authenticity, right, being able to certify a document, that's that blue seal, that certified PDF. You know when you get it and you look at it, it hasn't been broken and, and it hasn't been edited or tampered with. Some agencies are going a step further, right? And all of us have the ability to encrypt a PDF, by the way. I mean, you, if you own Acrobat, you can encrypt a PDF today, uh, lock it in, send a password separately. I hope you do, especially when using PII. But some agencies are going a step further and they're instituting digital rights management, DRM technology. And so this is for our national intelligence, DOD, justice, law enforcement, um, mainly sensitive documents. But it's basically attaching tracking, auditing, and a phoning home capability to every PDF that you lock in and you, and, you, and, you, and you send out so that you can prevent someone from copying, printing, sharing, or sending that information, and you assign the rights of who can. Um, you know, it doesn't, you look back in time as a recent, you know, the U.S. Navy, uh, docu classified documents are always being leaked. And, you know, it is really easy to prevent if you apply digital rights management. You can turn those documents off in an instance. They're always phoning home, and as soon as they phone home and, and you've applied or they don't phone home and don't get the signal, they're gone. So um, that's another uh, level of, of, of rights management content security. In 2023, I don't have to tell anyone in the room that digital services is a necessity. And customer experience is a hot topic as well. But once you get to the, the government website and you learn about the program that you're looking for or the advisory services, that you're, what you need from the government, the next step is usually a form. It's not a sexy topic to talk about. It's not fun, but it usually starts with a form. And long gone are the days that you should have to go get a form in a PDF or, or other base format and then print that document, send that out, fill that out, scan it, sign it, send it in.
And so what we're doing is we're partnering with agencies, and we've gotten some help late, recently, like I said, with legislation like the 21st Century IDEA Act, with uh, the CXEO that is promoting the use of digital signatures and in, in, in digital-based forms. And so everything should be accessible, mobile-friendly, and it'd be able to be done on any device screen size. If you haven't heard already, let me be the first to tell you today that we're really excited to announce the Adobe Acrobat sign for government offering for our digital signature solution at FedRAMP moderate authorized level. Uh, we are so excited. It's been a, um, uh, a journey to, to get here and to partner with our customers. Um, and we're excited that agencies are able to now utilize our moderate level solution to uh, process and sign PII related documents. And again, you know, in 2023, we should never have to print something, sign it, scan it, and send it away. Um, you should be able to do that not only on your desktop, your mobile phone, uh, any device in your pocket. And, and that allows you to have, you know, the basics. We talked about security and trust, efficient government, right? It didn't take a pandemic or a remote working capability to understand that waiting for somebody to sign something at their desk and they're on PTO or they're on uh, administrative leave or whatever they're at is archaic. So, you know, allowing us to be able to transform the modernization of services by digital signatures sounds simple, but it's really transformative. Another new topic, we've talked about AI all day long, I wanted to just uh, share with everyone, is we announced and launched in March something called Adobe Firefly. And this is generative AI for images and videos. And you think about generative AI, and a lot of it's around chat GPT and uh, the ability to I have a college-age uh, student who's uh, asking me you know, about how to write you know, sociology papers with chat GPT. Um, but this is the ability to unleash creativity for all. Anyone can now type in what, they're, what you know, the prompt is or what they're looking for and create a beautiful image in seconds and actually multiple options to look at in photograph form or art form or et cetera. And that's really, really cool. And there's a beta version I encourage all of you to take a look at. We've embedded this in all of our Creative Cloud products. Um, but back to trust. If you can't trust what you're looking at and seeing, right, then we, we're in trouble. So what we have in here is these, these, these generative AI um, images that are, are produced are really fun, really cool, and it can be used in a government sense to create a new logo for a new launch um, of a new initiative. They could be, uh, do a, an infographic on the fly for your secretary. But what's important is that this content was generated with an AI tool. And to be able to know and recognize that generated AI content um, is tagged in metadata in that image. So back up about four years ago, our research and development in San Jose and Lehigh, Utah, these teams are incredible. They're coming up with all the latest you know, innovative things. And they started talking about the ability to do text to image capability in our, in our software. Really cool stuff. At the same time, we started to realize the power of this technology in the wrong hands and bad actors is really scary. Because if you can't believe what you see out there, and Jason Miller and I were chatting earlier, you know, when, if Jason starts putting out images that the Pentagon's on fire, right, and you don't know if it's real or not, we're in trouble. So we launched something called the Content Authenticity four years ago, and this is something that we're just tech for good. Uh, we've got 1,500 partners now. We started with four, the uh, New York Times, Twitter at the time, uh, X, and Microsoft. I know you're in the back of the room as well, as four, four partners. Now there's 1,500 partners. 
And it's, it's, it, it's really important because you know, here's just a few AI-generated images to take a look at, you know, and you can imagine, right? I mean, hey, Mar-a-Lago, uh, you know, um, DOJ on the scene. This isn't real, right? How about that, that Pentagon fire I mentioned to you? You know, you, my, even my dad said, oh, yeah, I saw this uh, fire at the Pentagon, smoke at the Pentagon. No, it's, it's fake news, right? So deep fakes. Or how about the Pope and Prada? Maybe a little more fun. So some of these are fun, but some of these could cost, you know, serious, not only misinformation, disinformation, but social unrest, depending on what is shown and if people can't trust what you see. So a lot of words in the slide, but let me just quickly tell you a little bit how we're taking an approach with constant authenticity. As I said, the challenge is with AI, you can create anything now, and you can put a face on a body, and I mean, you think you can create anything, which is pretty scary, and it's really hard to tell a deep fake. And the way that some of uh, teams kind of thought about going about it was to, well, we just need to identify bad actors, identify something that's fake. So if we can tell something that's fake, we can let everyone know that don't believe in this. Well, it's really hard because just like, you know, the security professionals in this room know that's cat and mouse game. People get better at, you know, getting, you know, making the, the fake even better every time. So our team took a different approach. And instead of trying to determine and, and identify what was fake, we need to identify and through content credentials, credentials prove what's real. We can do that because we can apply content credentials at the time the picture's taken with our partners Canon and Nikon and others, or at the time it's put in Lightroom, or that the creative, the, the designer, the person who created this image puts it in the metadata. And those content credentials is through digital provenance, big word, um, lets you prove what's true. And it's, think about it like a nutrition label for images that can show the name, the date, the location, any edits made, right? And this is all opt-in technology built on open standards. Like I said, we have 1,500 partners, um, and we use it in, in, our, in our own, we eat our own, we drink our own champagne. We, we, we apply this to the, the Firefly, the Generative AI uh, initiative, because all of that is sourced on our hundreds of millions of stock photos and non-licensed photos, right? So intellectual property is really important. I used to work for the Patent and Trademark Office. That's really important. So we also have an opt-in that allows content creators, people who've taken those pictures, or, or digital artists, to have a do not train credential to the image or the video so that AI out there can't source and find that and use that in their thing. Really important stuff that maybe you don't think about every day. We also have a Verify tool. I encourage all of you to check out verify.contentauthenticity.org. It's really cool. Find an image, go to verify.org, uh, contentauthenticity.org, upload it, and you can actually determine, you know, if it's been edited, if it's been altered, it's doctored at, any, at anything. I mean, next time Jason Miller puts a report out and he puts a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, with uh, uh, snowed over in the bay, right, there's a slider where you can actually see what the original picture looked like, and you can see on the, on the top, bottom left there all of the filters and layers that were added to that to get to that level. So again, if you can't trust what you see, then what else can you trust? And so we're trying to make it sure that it, this is, you know, open source, out there for anyone to use, Verify yourself with CAI. I'll leave you with trust is critically important. It's like fine china. It's easy to break. It's hard to repair. And everything we've been talking about and doing today is all working towards, right, this is a tough journey. As Maria said, we used to do this on our own in agencies and authorize our own systems, and we had no Disney Fast Pass. 
but we're getting there really quickly and now we're hearing the state level is going to have the opportunity to start doing this for state ramps. So really exciting. So it's a journey with security and now uh, with, with, with trust, you know, um, great potential awaits. My name is Jonathan Bennett. I'm happy to take any questions or talk afterwards, but check out our website for anything more uh, you'd like to learn about how we're serving supporting government as well as some of those cool uh, verify and um, check out uh, Firefly. It's on beta right now, available uh, for anyone to check out. You can create some fun new stuff and impress your kids. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. And thank you to our speaker, Jonathan Bennett. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to Caracast, and be sure to listen to our other discussions. If you'd like more information on how Carasoft can assist your organization, please visit www.carasoft.com or email us at fedramp at Thanks again for listening, and have a great day.